Okay, we've reached the final parak of Maseches Psachim, and this last chapter is famous, known as Arve Psachim. It goes over the Seder, so to speak, of Leil HaSeder, what goes on on the 15th of Nisan. Now, Midorais, there are three basic mitzvahs that apply to the evening that are mitzvahs ase, central mitzvahs, uh, which are the mitzvah to eat matzah, the mitzvah to eat the Korban Pesach, as applicable, and the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, to tell over the story and relive the experience of the Exodus for Egypt. Now, Bismanazeh, of course, we can't do the Korban Pesach, so we're left with those two essential mitzvahs of the mitzvah Sechilas Matzah and of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the Haggadah, let's call it. And as far as the rest of the Pesach Seder, it's actually filled with a number of mitzvahs durabanam. So for sure, the arbakosos, the drinking of the four cups of wine, are mitzvah durabanam, which applies indeed bismanazeh. Um, the recitation of Hallel, which is recited in the third and fourth parts of the Seder, also mitzvah durabanam. And we also have some other mitzvahs durabanam, um, such as the eating of the maror. Now just let me say this for a minute now, because we won't really see it much later in the Masechta. The Pasuk specifies that the Korban Pesach should be eaten al matzus umarorim, with matzah and maror. The matzah exists as a mitzvah, as it is said all to itself, independent of the Korban Pesach. The eating of maror actually is a mitzvah d'araisa only in the context of the Korban Pesach. It's not a mitzvah, not one of the target mitzvahs all to itself. And therefore, when we eat maror today, it's purely midrabban. In the time of the Pesach when we had a Korban Pesach, so we eat Maror as well. According to most Tanaim, the Maror would be eaten actually separate from the Korban Pesach. It would be eaten um, so you could taste the bitterness, and you would, that would be a taste discreet and independent of the taste of the Matzah and the taste of the Korban Pesach. Famously, as our Haggadah reports, Hillel Shita was that the Matzah, the Maror, and the Korban Pesach should be eaten together. Therefore, it says that Hillel would korech, he'd wrap them all together, kind of like a like a shawarma, because the matzah of Chazal were like what we call the Sephardi matzah of today. They could roll. Um, and then um, it would be eaten all together. But that's a machlokas time all to itself, if they're eaten together or apart. In any case, so that's one of the mitzvahs of Rabbanan. So now, Leil HaSeder, the Seder night, really the word Seder means order. And although when we think of Seder, we think of those 15 steps of Kadesh, Urchatz, Karpas, Yachatz, etc., um, which is true, but the more macro structure of the Leil HaSeder is to divide the evening into four parts, and each of the four stages um, is comes to its like a conclusion with the drinking of one of the four cups of wine. So in other words, you have the first stage is Kiddush, and then you have the first cup of wine. The Mishra will discuss that as one piece. Then you have the Haggadah recitation, the Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the mitzvah to itself, um, as well as at least the first half of the recitation of Halal. Then you have the second cup of wine, that's the second part. Then the third stage is the mitzvah of Matzah, Mor is applicable, the Korban Pesach and the Suda, and of course benching. Um, and then that's the third cup of wine, ends that piece, and then there's the final fourth stage, which is the second half of Halal, which again also concludes with the fourth cup of wine. So that 
is the structure of the evening, and sort of, very loosely speaking, the structure of the Mishnayas, as we're going to see them right now. So we now start with the first Mishnah, Perkyod Mishnah Aleph, of Mesechus Psachim, 10.1. It says, Arve Psachim, Samoch Lamincha Lo Yochal Adam Adshetechshach. On Pesach Eve, as it gets close to Mincha time, I'll explain this in a moment, a person may not eat until it gets dark. Okay, let me tease that apart. There's a lot happening there. So first of all, Arve Psachim, we're talking here about Pesach Eve, meaning the 14th of Nisan. It's a question why it's Arve, which means like Pesach Eves in the plural. Um, and indeed, there are many Gersos that it's just simply should be Erev Psachim on Pesach Eve. Whatever the case is, the sentiment means the same. But the Gers says it means we're talking about on the 14th. And again, we're talking about restriction on eating. So that kicks in Samoch Lemincha, close to Mincha time. Mincha, you'll recall, is a reference, an oblique reference, not to the time we pray the afternoon prayers directly, but rather um, to the Tamit Shalbein Harabayim, the afternoon daily offering that's brought, to which our afternoon prayers, the Mincha prayers, um, are essentially parallel to. Now, there are really two times referred to as Mincha, Mincha Gedola, Mincha Katana. Mincha Gedola refers to the earliest time one could bring the which is at what we call six and a half hours. I'll explain that in a moment also. But we're talking about what's called Mincha Gadola, the great Mincha, if you will, which is at what I'll call now nine and a half hours. Um, you recall from early in the Masech, we learned that under normal circumstances, the daily procedure was they would shecht the Tamaj Ben Harbaim at eight and a half hours, and it would be offered at nine and a half hours. So that's what we're talking about over here, nine and a half hours. So now what do we mean by nine and a half hours? If you assume that the day time is divided into 12 equal periods, each an hour long, and you assume the day starts at 6 a.m. and ends at 6 p.m., so then nine and a half hours would mean 3.30 in the afternoon, nine and a half hours after the beginning of the day at 6. Um, the way that, and samuch lamincha, close to that mincha time, means a half an hour before that, which means we're pushing it back to nine hours, meaning 3 p.m. in the afternoon, if you will, on a 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. day. The way that the Rishonim often talk about it is the beginning of the 10th hour, which is really the same thing. Why is that the same thing? Because if you think of the 12th hour as being the last hour of the day from 5 to 6 p.m., the 11th hour would be from 4 to 5 p.m., and the 10th hour would be from 3 to 4 p.m. So the beginning of the 10th hour, 3 o'clock, is the same as the 9 hours into the day at 3 p.m. Okay, so that's what we're getting at here. So the Mishnah is saying, Arve Psachim, on the 14th of Nisan, Samach Mincha, a half an hour before Mincha Katana. In other words, from, so to speak, 3 p.m. in the afternoon, so to speak, nine hours into the day, Lo Yochal Adam Ajetechshach, a person that may not eat until it gets dark. Getting dark here would mean Tzetzel Kachavim, three stars coming out, because that's the end of the, that's the beginning of a new day. And that's when the mitzvah, the mitzvos of the fifteenth of Nisan kick in, including achilas matzah, and that's what we're concerned about over here. So the way the Bartanura learns it, like the Rambam, is that we're talking about, and we want you to have um, te'avon, an appetite, when you're eating your matzos mitzvah, your mitzvah matzah, um, and that means you have to be hungry. And therefore, don't you get too filled up by eating too close to to seder? So that means. What kind of food are we restricting? We're still not restricting um, chametz because that's forbidden midoraisa from chatzos midday on the fourteenth. We're also not forbidding 
um, matzah type foods, says the Bartanura. The reason why is because matzah is already forbidden from the 14th in the morning. Um, the reason why is as a heker to sort of differentiate that this is separate and a special eating on the 15th. Um, there is a Yushalmi which says, Ochel matzah be'er Pesach, one who eats matzah on the 14th. It's like he's engaged to get married to a girl um, tonight, and he goes the day before um, to be with her while he's while she is still in her father's home. Jumping the gun, eating the matzah before it's time to do the mitzvah, that's no good. Lahalacha, um, the Mishabur brings that the minig is to... There are many minhagim. Mishabur comes out that from Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Um, others even have the, the minig even of not eating for 30 days before Pesach. That's Chabad's minig and others. And um, whatever the case is, certainly we're not talking about restricting chamat either. So what we're left with, excuse me, matzah either, which means according to the Bar like Rambam, what we're coming to restrict here is even sort of like things that aren't really filling, like fruits and vegetables and so on. You shouldn't eat too much, lest you don't have an appetite to eat your matzah at Leil HaSeder. That's how the Rambam will paskin. Tosos doesn't like that shot. Tosos understands that you could eat things that are not chamat stick, that are made out of the like grain products were not for this and the point is we're telling you not to eat like filling foods foods that are matzbiya that really are, are, are satiating lest you don't have an appetite but according to the Tosvos and there'll be the halacha for for Ashkenazim one could eat kind of there's no real limit on the fruits and vegetables etc even meat that one would eat on Arab Pesach even after and provided that he's not stuffed so that he has some appetite when it comes to to eating his matzah. Okay. Now, the Mishnah continues, Every Jew, even the most poor, may not eat until he is reclining. Haseva, we know, is reclining. Um, the Haseva they had in mind is not what we do at our Pesach Seder typically, um, if you are like most people I know. Um, the Haseva they had in mind was the way they used to recline in antiquity, Greek, Persian, Roman times, they would be, and Mishnahic times, royalty would be sort of eating on a, like a couch, lying down on a couch, and sort of leaning back. I'm sure you've seen the funny pictures of people, you know, those Greek people eating, being served grapes, or whatever, as they lie down on a couch, that, that kind of thing. So we want people like to be sort of reclining on their couches, um, as royalty does, and the point is that every Jew has the experience of being a ben Chorin. A free man. Nowadays, I think that's some on some degree lost to some degree lost on us, because we're not really familiar with the whole class of people who would be considered servants, slaves, um, as opposed to bnei choren. Now we have no such thing, Baruch Hashem, but there was such a thing back then. In any case, the point is we want to experience like real freedom as as land, so to speak, as like land owning, rich aristocratic people would, and therefore we emulate those. And even the poorest Jew has to do it that way. Um, some of the shot here is that. Even the poorest Jews who wouldn't own a couch like that to recline on, they have to recline as they could, meaning kind of like how we do it today, on the chair with the pillow leaning, you know. That will be we'll have to do. So the point is, there's a mitzvah of haseba, of, of reclining. Technically speaking, that mitzvah kicks in when you're eating your matzos mitzvah, as well as you're drinking your four cups of wine. Um, but for reclining for the rest of the meal, etc., that's harizah mishubach, that's praiseworthy, um, and certainly ideal but uh, not me'ikra din required. Now, the Mishnah continues on. You're going to notice that Mesechus Arve Psachim is extremely 
um, curt. Like there's very few words for the ideas it wants to say. It's, it's, it's very dense. And therefore, it's almost as if some words are missing, like transitional words and so on. So here is an example of that. We really transition to a new topic here. We're talking now about the support the community has to provide to ensure that every Jew has what he needs or she needs to make Pesach later. So when we're providing for poor people in our community, the halacha is, v'lo yifachsu, excuse me, v'lo yifachsu, lo me'arba kosos shal you don't provide anything less than four cups of wine, meaning wine for four cups. Even from the Tamchui. Now, the Tamchui is a reference to the fact that there were different levels of poverty in Halacha. Um, the most poor people, we'll call them level two and level three, um, were supported by the community directly, um, sort of on a regular basis. Level one poor would be like Mesechas Peya stuff. People don't have 200 Zuz. Um, they don't know how they'll make it through the year. They're entitled to receive Maeser Ani and take from Peya, etc. But more than that, there are two other categories. There's someone who doesn't know how he'll feed himself his enough food for the whole week. That person takes from what's called the Kupa, the community chest. Then the most poor people who have no food even for today, they have literally nothing. Zip, zilch, not enough food to eat for today's meals. They were provided for by means of what's called a Tamchui. A Tamchui Literally, it's like a serving dish, like a soup terrain or like a, a serving tray, something like that. So what happens is those people had no food. So like every morning around Shachar, so to speak, they'd pass around a tray. People would bring actual food, put food on that tray, um, which would then be distributed immediately to the people who need food to eat now. Um, typically, the people who got from the Tamchoy were the poorest of the city and even sort of transient people passing on through, um, you know, just there for a short amount of time in town, whatever it is. So the point is, even if you're getting from the Tamchui, that's like the, and therefore you're that poor and you need to be provided for that level, even if you're sort of just um, I'm passing through, so you are provided for with enough for the Pesach Seder, including four cups of wine. One last point here, this actually is the source in the Mishnah, talking about the concision of the Mishnahs here, for the Arbakosos per se. In other words, there's no other sentence in the Mishnah coming up saying that there's this four cups of wine. You'll see the structure of the parak is sort of like we'll go through the four cups and when they're drunk, but that there are four cups cups is almost like a topic sentence, introductory point. This is it. There are four cups of wine. As I said before, these four cups um, are mitzvah durabanan. They're intended to parallel um, the four Lashonos of Gaul, the four expressions of redemption that appear in the Psukim and Shmos. The Psukim say I will take you out from beneath the burdens of Egypt. I'll take you out. That's the first of the four. I will rescue you from your servitude. Hitzalti is the second. I will, the Gaalti is the third. I will um, save you. Like redeem you um, with an outstretched arm, and velakachti eschem li laam, and I will lakachti. I'll take you for me as a nation. That's the fourth. So those four lashonos of Geula, v'hotzesi, v'hitzalti, v'gaalti, v'lakachti, um, the various mafarshe ha'gada of which there are countless, have many, many under- nuanced understandings of what the differences between these four things and what they refer to, whether they refer to 
the time of Egypt per se, or if they're a reference to the chronology of Jewish history starting from Avraham, or the or the periods of life from Olam Hazet, transition to Mashiach, and Tchiyas Ames and Olam Haba, or they parallel the four Imahos. There are many, many approaches to what the differences between these four um, expressions are, but be that as it may, there are these four distinct stages or phases or ideas, aspects to um, the redemption as expressed by these four words in the Pesukim, there in Shemos Perek Vav, and therefore Chazal or Masakin, that we'd have four cups of wine um, paralleling those four stages of redemption. Okay, so that's the end of the first Mishnah, and we'll now go on to Mishnah Base, talking about the preparation of the first Kos for Kiddush.